<laughs> Hello, welcome to the 40k Spice Center. An official product of the Honest Wargamer podcast network. Oh, I need to put a P in there. I should really like TH. You always need to put a P in there, Rob. Yeah, always put a P in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. My name's Rob, and I am joined by my co-host. Let me introduce my co-host to you guys. This is an important thing, and I. I want to make sure I get this absolutely right because there's been some pretty That's massive important. changes behind the scenes here at Honest Wargamer HQ. Yeah, there's been some restructuring. So let me just kind of like let everyone know exactly who you're talking to now and what their titles are. First up, Tom, uh, the head of customer relations and social credibility. Tom, welcome to the show. Fuck you all. Have a nice day. <laughs> Nick, uh, chief data analyst and director of internal stonk analysis. Mm -hmm. Three quarters and a half percent <laughs> buys in uh, Drukari stocks this week. Wow, that's high. Sell, 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 sell. Uh, and then finally, obviously, uh, myself, uh, I don't have a title, uh, not deserving of one. It's uh, just there. <laughs> it's just there. Finally, uh, just shout out to John, our behind the scenes man, uh, head of bribery and lead developer in charge of paper commerce. Uh, stonks quite high in 40k in the paper commerce kind of yeah. region. One could say the stonks of the actual stonks meme that we, uh, you know, brought to this scene are quite high as well with everybody yeah. fucking stealing that joke <laughs> from us. <laughs> yeah. Again. Uh, shout out to Jay Maybe we could claim some sort of royalties from it. That'd be great. Uh, at some point, we need to do like a knockout like tournament vote, which is. You know how people like go on Twitter and say, "Oh, number one seed versus number sixteen seed, vote for which one's going to win like the most ridiculous tweet of the year award or something I'm like that." Yes. We need to have a competition of the best stolen joke of the year award, and I feel like the final is going to be between Stonks and James Workshop. Both, and I think James Workshop steals. might just edge it. Yeah, but, you know, <laughs> pretty high Stonks on both of those. Uh, welcome everyone to the show. Uh, the show today is just going to be us. We're having uh, someone said, "Is this the only one game we're taking its quarter refocus on core competencies?" Answer yes. Answer hundred percent. Encore GM, thanks for resubscribing. Uh, James Powell said he came to watch Dawn of War though. What's this shit? Um, you guys had you? I wasn't here last week. Thank you, you guys, for covering me. I was doing some work behind the scenes. How did last week go, gents? Um, we had some technical difficulties because I had to, you know, uh, I had to do all the tech from Strax straight away. But it was a, uh, uh, it was a good fun game. Uh, we had a three-way with Colonel Cabbage, um, and I was cruelly picked on by Tom and Colonel Cabbage. Well, I didn't think Colonel Cabbage did anything. What do you mean Constant picked on? <laughs> two versus one bullying against me, and then Tom just launched his monolith at me uh, wow. and destroyed and destroyed me. Which was totally cheating. Monolith are empowered. You heard it I, first. I normally, yeah. uh, I normally uh, pay extra for that. So I, that's that's interesting. So mm. t today's show, everyone, is going to be. <laughs> Uh, I feel tricked, says AOSP. I thought this was a general show about Honest Wargamer uh, launch. It's not. It's 40k content launch. <laughs> I mean, we do have 90 people in here, which is more than we Tom, have. Tom, Tom is the, head of, is, the, is the head of outward-facing communication and disparity through uh, engendered leadership, uh, like committee head. Uh, yeah. What uh, What are you doing to make sure our show titles are the correct ones? Uh, I, well, I mean, I feel like I, I announced one video this week, actually, uh, which you can talk about very, very quickly. 
You did. Let me have a quick look. Although, actually, my, my Twitter is kind of blown up a little bit, mainly because of Rome Total War again. So I'm going to go and get the, the title of the video because it was a favorite of mine. It was called WH40K Bat Rep Chaos vs. Imperium Gone Wrong Gone Sexual Giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, the, that's the new uh, video that's going to drop within the next day uh, for the, uh, the Honest Wargaming Network or the THWGN. Yeah, well, it could also eventually be the THWGPN, uh, or we're not really sure because it might be because podcast network doesn't make sense. So maybe media network. So THWGMN, I think, is maybe the potential. We're workshopping it. If anyone's got any thoughts, please let us know. Uh, thanks to Hams Fan for dif- gifting a gift subscription in the chat. It's this guy is everywhere, by the way. I was watching a stream with 90 views the other day who was just like some guy on Twitter I follow. Yeah. And just in there, I turn up and Hams Fan gets gifted a gift sub. <laughs> He follows you. He follows you. Uh, right, so today's show, I'm going to be catching up with my show hosts and seeing how they both are, because uh, even though I spoke to Nick earlier in the 40k pre-show show, uh, we're here today to, to hang out. Hey to, hey to the first brain squig. Yes, loads of people here. I think loads of you fooled by the title. Oh, apologies. It was more of a no 40k apologies. joke. Like Zero. It, yeah, we don't apologize on the show anymore. Yeah. That's one of our new rules. Uh, no apologies. Only... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the wow, director. We really have time for this, so if you leave, then we know it's because you're just you're just being spiteful at this point. Uh, that, so. that's, that's the point. We, uh, I, we're going to be uh, taking the news section, uh, which is quite broad, and we're going to be extending it to the whole show. So it's that's what today's show is going to be about. So if you've got any questions or some hot news that you think need to come up, then uh, please let us know. There are a couple of sections that we need to get through first. Number one, the how are you section of the show. That's how the show begins with Nick. How are you? What's been going on? Me? Yeah. Me? Uh, Yeah, I'm pretty good. I did the pre-show show with you uh, earlier where we talked about all sorts of random shit, Um, uh, particularly bevel or flat bases. I'd like to throw that into the chat. Bevel or flat edge bases. I don't know what a bevel base is, mate. The the standard Games Workshop base with with the slightly angled edge, giving you a reduced surface area for your basing materials, or or the flat edge, giving you most potential for your basing scene. Given that unbiased uh, question, uh, non-leading question, what is the better? (laughs) Um, I'm going to go for bevel, actually. I like how it kind of points like a pyramid towards the actual model rather than it being flat. You're yeah. also an idiot. I am an idiot. I mean, we, we already knew this, but this is just, this is just what it is. It's fine. Yeah, so yes, we did that show earlier. Uh, I've just finished a game of Age of Sigmar versus uh, Dayton uh, from the Sunday show and also Party of the Old Points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I lost. Uh, he killed the monster in the middle and then claimed the center. Uh, so that made me very sad. Was it uh, nice going back to priority roles, or uh, I wouldn't say it was nice. It didn't, it didn't make a huge difference to the to the, to the outcome of the game. I don't think it was just like a just a bit of a laugh because it's just the the tournament's just a laugh, isn't it? That we're doing between yeah. the show co-host showdown throwdown. Uh, just a bit of a laugh, really, isn't it? So mm-hmm. uh, I mean, listen. How about priority roll in 40k? Let's go. Let's have that chat very quick. L- no. Three votes. A no. Twitch chat, you all get a vote. I vote yes. Nick. I vote no. I vote no. Tom. No, 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 no. Three no's. All right, Tom. Other quick question for you, firing at you. 40k, but no terrain. Yes or no? Yes. <laughs> Nick. <laughs> no. 
<laughs> I'm going for no terrain. So whatever oh, I said. Rob, <laughs> what? I was setting you up there, mate, specifically so you wouldn't have to paint any 40k terrain. Appreciate you. Well, uh, so like exciting news on the terrain front before I quickly get into Tom. And I promise I'll keep this under 48 minutes on another terrain chat. Uh, but shout out to... Uh, oh, you guys won't be able to see it. God damn it. I did it in green. Oh, nice. That does look good. Yeah, I so this is... So, so he's in the chat. The chat. Yeah, yeah. So he's in the chat right now, Shadow Sun. So this is a design by him, which I have just tweeted uh, a whole board's worth of designs by him, where he's taking some Eldar. Well, he's designed Eldar terrain specifically really cool. to specifically to fit into a 40k format, uh, which is super. Mm. You guys can't see yeah, this bit because it's green. But th- check this out. This is the coolest bit. You're like, okay, look, buff. Oh, oh, buff. oh. Slaughter. oh. So when we want to pack it up, baby. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That is fancy. That is fancy. He's a very clever man. How many boobies um, does it have on it? Zero boobies. He's done a really good job of only putting like no boobies on. Um, nice. Shadow Sun, a little obsessed with sticking boobies on everything. And honestly, I, I don't honestly know. There's a couple of like gemstones that. that you could paint to be like boobies there if you really wanted some boobies on it. This is why I think people thing. listen to the TH, uh, THWG uh, MN. There's a reason they call this ladies' night, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking about boobies. <laughs> Um, is there going to be uh, is there going to be a Goonham article on how good Eldar terrain is? Let's hope so. Let's hope. Tom, how are you? Catch me up with where you're at. I'm good. I'm really good. I uh, finished painting my knights finally. I finished painting my uh, guard bits finally. I'm now finishing up my uh, new my custodies bikers, which I never actually finished. So I've done all the bike. I'm just doing the torso now. And hopefully that should be done pretty soon. I've then got some sanguinary guard all painted up over here. I've played a lot of Rome Total War, but we don't need to mention that because everyone just assumes I do that anyway. Um, what else have I done? I've had a really good productive week, mate, to be honest. It's been uh, it's been nice. Good. I'm really, and I know you're very excited about Rome Total War being out today. <laughs> I've already played it. Yeah, well, <laughs> we're, we're going to keep, yeah. keep the show fairly short so Tom has a cracking evening. That's our goal. <laughs> Uh, so, <laughs> it may or may be under the background. It's not, but it could be. It could be. If you see it me could. sit like this, you know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, we'll keep you super engaged. Right. Hello, everyone in the Twitch chat. Thanks for joining us. It's lovely that you're all here. Some Norwegian dude. Thanks. He says, uh, too much shooting, maybe in 40k. Uh, for no terrain, I think. Intern Matt makes the best point, I think. If mini wargaming can take the priority role out of Age of Sigmar, then why can't we just put it into 40k? That's the. That's the real if me, talk. If me Wargaming could make up all the rules, then why can't we? <laughs> I, I, could, I could talk about this forever, but like, bat repping is almost an impossible uphill challenge for people. Like, there is zero way, like, as an adult human being, that you can learn the rules for every single army and play them to some degree, day in, day out, and flip-flop armies and units and, like, get that right. I'm, like... I'm going to put that out there, right? which is why we always okay. set up doing live coverage. Well, like we, we go down the process I've been, of live coverage. Uh, I've, been looking, I've been actually watching a lot of bat reps this week. Okay. A lot of bat reps, just because I wanted to like see how different people did different things, you know what I mean? Not as in like, just play, but how like you put out the bat reps. Some of them I had to stop watching 50 minutes in, because honestly, they made my eyes bleed. Um, some of the other ones, I've actually started watching a lot more, just because it's interesting. And one of the things that's really highlighted, highlighted to me is, is playstyle. Before I used to uh, maintain that playstyle wasn't a thing, it's just some people are good at something, some people are good at others, and ideally you shouldn't have a playstyle. Because you should be capable of just playing whatever is the best way to win the game, right? Yeah. But because we're so early into the edition, people have got lots of different ideas on how the best way to play the game is. 
Mm-hmm. And so I think specifically in the early days of an edition, watching bat reps of just people playing the game is really, really useful. And I picked up some, some ideas I want to try out when we start playing properly. That's really interesting. I think one of the, uh, one of the other interesting points uh, about that whole conversation is that th- your play style when doing a bat rep is intentionally entertainment orientated. Mm. Your, yeah. play, like your play style when uh i remember zach from the london gt i was at warhammer mm. i was working for games workshop at the time and we had him on yep. as one of the first competitive games that we streamed he traveled down and he was taking this is eighth edition 40k no not seventh edition 40k yeah he had a bunch of scatter bikes which he just he was up against um the the right the free rhinos with the grav and the drop the gladiators yeah 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 mm. right and he had the old scatter bikes and he sat in a corner and i shit you not for three fucking hours try commentating that game Try commentating that game. It's not entertaining. It's not fun. Yeah, but it's yeah. but it was but it was cutting edge competitive, right? Like mm-hmm. so, like I, I feel like those bat reps are like intentionally geared towards entertainment as well. So you can't do like like it's more fun to do the fun yes, thing. It's more it's more fast and loose. I would just throw that in there because it'd be fun and entertaining rather than yeah hyper competitive. Yeah, yeah. I suppose, are there any are there any bat reps? I mean, I suppose the more hyper competitive ones are more live streamed bat reps because people enjoy over its blames where you would mm. talk through why and what you're doing mm. and, they can ask and that's the entertainment that people will want because they want to they want to get that knowledge from uh watching mm. people play at that level or that those type of players I've, uh, yeah. a good example of that is Glasshammer. so what they've been doing is they they do the armies you talk through the armies uh and then they cut to the player by themselves to explaining why they've picked their scramblers and then we kind of play the game together, and then at the end they have a, a big period to, to talk it through. And I think there's some more things you could do about that would be really cool, but the idea is there, right? How long How long are those bat reports? Because no, the reason I don't really watch bat reports is because they're mm. so long. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, an idea that I've always liked the idea of is um, basically doing, you could do pre- and post-match analysis, so you could have like, I don't know, Hey, t- hey, 15 Nick, to Nick, half an hour. We know video. a lot of people. Nick, just fucking rate it in, son. Like, I get where you're at, but thwgnpn.t.com. Fucking oh, okay. keep, that's like pocket. I mean, what, in, I, what I mean to cards say. Cards in pockets. What yeah. I mean to say is, what yeah. I think is, we should make battle reports longer. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> there we go. Film. Yeah, you're right. Both Let's players go. building and painting their armies and then writing their list. Like a live stream of someone just sat there on the sofa doing battle scribe uh and then traveling to the tour traveling to the to the game playing the entire game so maybe 36 hours long <laughs> at least a day probably i want it to i want to wake spot. up in the morning until yeah, the night something. i want it to accompany me through the daytime as opposed to the dark thoughts that haunt me night and day uh that's what <laughs> i prefer uh right so <laughs> i've also yeah. played a game this week okay i played a game with drakari and with Drukhar. Fucking bonkers. It's, well, should, let's leave that. Should we leave that for the... Yeah, should we talk about that in the, the new section? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, let's bring it back. Okay, thanks yeah. to uh, Shorty Paint Studios for resubscribing. Appreciate all of you. Uh, first brain squeak in the chat, uh, which is Nick Thompson from WS10, uh, has said that he... Um, he obviously uh, does a load of... Uh, he flip-flops armies quite often, but he also plays a lot. So I feel like... But then there's a very big difference between flip-flopping armies and playing and flip-flopping armies and presenting those armies. Like, there's a significant difference, I think, uh, between all that. Uh, right. Uh, does, and there's also play 40K in 40 minutes. Yes, play on tabletop uh, who do uh, really good. Uh, like, they do really, really good. Excellent quality. Great humor. Absolutely, like, 
like I don't know if anyone uh Nick have you watched uh either Alaskan Bush People or have you watched um Gold Rush which is a TV series about uh miners uh mining in the Yukon for gold out of the earth have you watched any of those no have you watched 11 seasons of it like I have no Tom have you watched 11 seasons no, of Gold Rush no but my mother watches Aussie Gold Diggers Okay, that's very different. Aussie Gold Diggers, it it sounds the same, but worlds apart. I just need to point that out. The the play on tabletop stuff is is in that vein. And I only really watch uh, Gold Rush and that so that my brain can turn off because it's so Americanized and built for, obviously, people who can't read or whatever that's designed for. No, that's no. I don't mean that's not what I mean. I think I, just mean if you I, think I have general... seen a play on tabletop uh, battle report, and is it like they have lots of shots of the person in a chair facing absolutely edited, and yeah. then he rolled a six, <laughs> and I was like, have, "Oh like, my like, god!" Irish man in a big leather chair is telling the story of the game every time something happens. It's really good. It's really really good, but I don't think it's like an it's like aberrant forty k. Like it's not in any way like it's forty k adjacent. Right? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not anyone, like, uh, to the people who just play 40k at home with their friends, like, you are, like, cool, like, whatever. Like, you're great people, great people, great, great people. To me, that's not 40k. You're playing at a tournament or you're not. Th- those are my two places. Or you're playing a practice game for a tournament. Otherwise, you're doing some sort of weird, fucky stuff, which I don't really fuck with. Um, hey, really excited about all those crusade tournaments that uh, have announced uh, that are coming up and sold out in the pa- in the next year. Have you guys seen that? I have not. Is, are these on WarhammerCrusadeTournaments.com? <laughs> they are. They are. Sold out. Okay, so the go, world over. Go sold there, out the world over. Out. Yeah. <laughs> the last, the last Vegas there is not one yeah. ticket left for those events. Play <laughs> uh, Tabletop deserve to be sent to Phantom Zone for their Harlequin player wearing the Harlequin leggings. Listen, they do great stuff, is my point. They do amazing content that's really worth watching. Um, if you are someone who enjoys... 11 seasons of Gold Rush like me. There's a spin-off series of Gold Rush I want everyone to know, but you don't have to watch it. Also, Alaskan Bush People, anyone who's, anyone's on that season 8 hype with me, get involved. Um, I mean, as, as someone who used to play a lot of cricket, I'm, I'm used to just sticking something on in the background and just doing my thing and then just kind of passively absorbing it, right? And that's what I feel like battle reports are good for, for me. I couldn't sit down in the chair and watch it like I'm watching fucking Game of Thrones. Well, I could actually, probably. Season 8, maybe. But the rest of the Game of Thrones, you know what I mean? (laughs) Right, okay. Um, Uh, Oh, thanks to Gaz of All Trades for gifting a gift subscription in the chat. It's very much appreciated. While we're there, I did a a recording with Gaz of All Trades and the um, uh, Off the Shop Hobby Guys, uh, where they showed me three appalling lists and I had to rate them. So uh, you can check that out. I've retweeted that. Go to my Twitter feed. Uh, take a look at that. Give them a follow. It's uh, I enjoyed making it. So yeah. Go, go okay, to, that go, sounds go, really go. fun. Yeah, I will listen to that. Thanks, man. Gaz of all trades. That is. Oh, what's it called? Uh, it's off the shelf hobby. Okay. Um, uh, off the shelf hobby. Off the shelf hobby. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Right. So into the news section because Valerie uh, is mad at me for cutting you off, and we'll move straight into the topic of the day. Uh, I mm, think yes. uh, Tom. As uh, as the uh, nominal directorial lead uh, and creative development uh, adjunct yes. on yes, uh, yes. TTS Battle Report information, can you let us know um, what happened in your Drukhara game? I can. So, I was playing my first game of Drukhari, and in my list, I had four raiders. I had lots of racks, 
-hmm. I had two Void Raven bombers. Was it three a, patrols? Uh, no, it was one Void uh, uh, Real Space Raid. Wow. And then one patrol. And the reason why is that I can get a um, Cabal of a Black Heart section in there. I can get my Witch Cults in there for my Succubus. And I can get as many racks as I need in there as well. Because if I'm having to do free patrols, I basically end up having to choose between uh, a second squad of uh, a second patrol of racks, a patrol of black heart, and a patrol of um, of uh, witch cults for my succubus. Right. So I did the real space raid. I cost myself a couple of CP. It wasn't a massive deal. I still had some left at the end anyway, so it wasn't an issue. So you can write you can write a list where you get whatever the fuck you want, and there's no real opportunity cost. Exactly, exactly. So I was playing, pretty much, I was playing against John Lennon's uh, Imperial List, okay? Okay. Now I can get this Imperial List for you, but I'll, I'll give you the specifics, uh, not well, the general gist. It was a guard um, patrol, I believe, with two manticores of full payload. Okay. What full payload does, it allows your manticores to always be damage-free, okay? They're pretty, uh, they're pretty strong, okay? I need, then, I need, like, I need more emphasis in that. That's not enough. Mm, like, you know, yeah. it's like always be trading, always, always well, be moving, always be damage three. I need more. Always like... be damage three. They also heal wounds back. Yeah. Okay. With jury riggers, and they also have the ability to re-roll one of the dice when firing their their multiple shots. So, yeah. on average, you're getting like nine shots with your with your silly um, what they're called, silly rocket launchers and, and all that jazz, right? Mm -hmm. And I had, uh, and then they had a, a bunch of dreadnoughts. So two Telemons. They're like 16 wound, toughness 8 dreadnoughts, minus 1 to damage. So my liquefier guns just bounce. Invulnerable saves, 6 plus DPRs because they're Shadow Keepers. Uh, they get a, um, a stratagem that allows me to be minus 1 strength when I shoot at you. So base, I'm wounding on 6s plus 1 for my, uh, for my Dark Technomancers and my racks. Okay? So I yep. can't kill these dreadnoughts. I can't kill them. Okay. And then he had... Uh, a banner, Vexless Praetor, and he had Trajan, okay? So I'm looking at this list, and I'm thinking, my liquefier guns don't do anything to this. I can't kill it. And not only that, we're playing in Dawn of War, which is one of the most spread-out deployments. So he can just spread out, and then my Void Raven bombers can't really do too much, right? Mm -hmm. I can't really hit too much. So I fly out both my... I go first. Crap. Damn it. I fly both my Void Raven bombers over. I then discover my Hellions have the infantry keyword, so we yeah. jump over and raise the banner in the middle of a board. Perfect. Then the Void Raven bombers drop the bombs, do a bunch of damage to some dreadnoughts in the middle. But also what's happened is, because of where I've put the Void Raven bombers, the dreadnoughts can't move in one direction. Right. Because there's like a piece of terrain on one side, a piece of with some dreadnoughts behind it, a piece of terrain on the other with a manticores behind it, and then in between them are the two Void Raven bombers. Okay. And then, so to get the dreadnoughts out, they have to walk the other way around towards the other dreadnoughts. So I put them down. Fine. Void Raven bombers, block them off. Do some damage. No big deal. I then run in my turn two. My, well, in my turn one, I've run my witches and my hellions up. And in his turn one, he has to move his dreadnoughts around the other side away from the Void Raven bombers just to get him to do anything. Yep. He shoots like some hellions off. It's not a big deal. I then take my witch cults, my squad of five witches, because he's now left his manticores all alone because he had no other choice tag up the manticores yep. take the raiders walk them into his face and sit there for five turns not five turns against <laughs> sit there for five turns because i've got four raiders mate so that's 40 wounds yeah 
with a six plus one, we'll say basic, toughness six. I then have inside them lots of little squads where if you kill the raiders, then I'm blocking you again and again. Yep. And then I've also got racks coming on the board edge and hellions jumping onto your objective and taking your banner down repeatedly. Oh. So by the end of it, I'd killed with my cabalites just plinking, I'd killed three dreadnoughts, I think. And I think that's about it. Yes. No, I never said four plus plus, I said, I said six plus plus. So. Okay, the chat the chat has got hard on to find people cheating again. Sorry, but no, Val, 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 Valerie's just in it. He's just keen. He's, his blood's up. Yeah, he's yeah. He just, he, he's one of those kinds of guys that just joins any stream and just looks at any signs of cheating to out him on Reddit. <laughs> he's not. He's okay. a long-time listener. First time talker. <laughs> I know. I'm just rolling. <laughs> I'm just rolling straight through the chat. <laughs> so, yeah. So, basically, I just sit there. And I can't do shit. Like... It doesn't even matter that I can't kill him. If you take if you take the damage output fucking component out of Drakari, didn't matter. You okay. couldn't do anything. And this is an army where you're not actually even building in durability, and that's part of why they're so cheap. You don't care about durability in Drakari because you don't you when you push something into the middle of a board, you're basically handshaking that it's gonna die anyway. So any points that you've invested into it being durable it's just down the drain anyway, because it's just going to die. The only thing you'd maybe get is a few less guns shooting at it, which doesn't matter when they're the only thing you can shoot at anyway. Which is why Drakari play the missions so well. Because all their points were invested into going really fast and kicking something off a point. Yep. When you then double that down into MSU, whereby your durability is not about how strong and durable the individual units are, it's about your ability to consistently pump them out and drop them in places that your opponent finds them annoying in. Yeah, I understand. I understand. I mean, that, that kind of leads us into uh, the, the kind of conversation of the week about the win percentage and the quality of the Drukari Codex. Yeah. Now, I have read all of Frontline Gaming Network's uh, articles on this, and they're fine. So I don't know what everyone's kicking off about. I saw that tabletop mean, video, Do you mate. mean the MetaWatch article? <laughs> all of those have told me that it's all okay and everything's super, super good. So, like, I don't know why everyone is being pissy, is kind of where I'm at. And uh, I need to know, Nick, have you read anything other... Have you read the MetaWatch article? Because that is explicit in the complex nature of how to play with these armies and use them. It just said everything is awesome. <laughs> that article. But I have read... I have read the Goonhammer article. Those salty... Reactionary bitches is what I think. Yeah. yeah. Tom, have you read the Goonhammer article? Uh, yeah, I have. <laughs> By the way, we've we've skipped a whole section. I want to quickly uh, go back a section before we carry on with this. Can we uh, can we all talk about our favourite uh, internet thing of the week, please, or oh, our no. content we've liked? Tom, you've done yours. Nick, do you have one? Oh God! Um, I don't know. You just put this on me. It's okay. Um, you think on it. I'll tell you mine. Mine is Innis Wilson's Twitter account. That's mine. It has week. been very good this week. It has mm -hmm. been very, very good. Big, big. I'm I've heard that you can eventually monetize your tweets. His would be one I would subscribe to. <laughs> like, his. I haven't seen all of his tweeting, but one one image that he did tweet did tickle me a lot, and it was like, uh, uh, "Lose game of forty k. Uh, I'm bad." <laughs> depression and then the ones lose game of 40k my opponent's army is op you're fine <laughs> no depression yeah. no depression <laughs> that was very very funny very funny i'm a big fan of him um okay uh keep going keep going um uh what uh 
So uh, I have read the I have read the Goonhammer article. So they did a, a a round table discussion on uh, Drakari and if they are if they're OP. What you mean is a hit piece. A, hit uh, piece. Overwrought, it can only be taken as a personal attack. Yes. Yeah, a, an overall hit piece, really designed to antagonise the community, is how I describe yeah. it. But yeah, uh, just a massive salt mine. <laughs> what did it say? Uh, I mean, we've well, already... I've, I've, if, if no one's read it, I can briefly summarise some of the questions. So one of the first questions was, uh, you know, are Jukari overpowered? Uh, question. That Rob, Rob says uh, basically probably yes. Good players are winning events with them. Um, Richard Siegler says maybe, but other codexes might counter them. Uh, and he thinks they're under costed. Innes Wilson said, "Hey, they're under costed. Good, <laughs> good long and sh- short shooting. No core attacks for them. Fucking core is mental. That's what he said." Um, Wings said, "Yes, it's too it. good." But let's not be hasty on what's changed nerf just yet. Thinks games work. He thinks games work is going to swing the big nerf bat in. Uh, and Boone said yes, they are. And yeah. Falcon said. But Boone is Boone is actually correct. I think we should. <laughs> I, I rarely agree with Boone, but he's correct on that one. <laughs> <laughs> should we? Uh, should we? All, should we answer along with them? Um, well, sh- what... shall I? Shall I give you some stats, Rob? Love stats. Go for I know it. You like yeah. stats. Okay. Yeah. So. Drakari had a 70% plus win rate that extends to over a thousand games recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, that includes a 79 wins and 24 losses record against Space Marines. Yeah. A 34 wins and 13 losses record against Custodes. A 44 wins and 19 losses against Sisters. That should be higher. Drakari should be beating Sisters the vast majority of times. Um, 58 wins and 19 losses against Dark Angels Ooh. and 62 wins and 18 losses against Death Guard oh fuck Nick we painted up the wrong army mate <laughs> we, fuck, we fucked it you've got, no, you've got well, partially all yeah, of the armies have bad win rates against Dakari <laughs> 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 shit um, we're going to get Chrome Kari next boys you've got some Dakari Bob I have loads. I've got Talos, and I've got loads of um, I've got loads of racks that uh, Wildwood keeps trying to buy off me, but I intentionally won't give them him because <laughs> 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 he's a local player to me, and I'm like, I'd rather they stay unbilt in a box to me. I'm, I'm uh, selling the, it to Spain. Keep a new the submarine in the bottom of the ocean, please. <laughs> 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 uh, right, so Jim in the chat says we just need to take more chainswords. Uh, as a as a top North American player, uh, he uh, very very otherwise aware known of what... as a human being. Yeah, other yeah otherwise known as a person with arms. A below average um, UK player. Yeah, <laughs> UK player. Did you say? <laughs> Valerie's been saying that Grey Knights have a positive win rate. I have been saying this for two weeks. Grey Knights are gonna counter Drakari. Do you think that's that... the counter I've got prepped? Yeah. Okay, that's the counter. Okay, that's the counter. That's the counter. How certain are that's... you that that you're the one person in the world who's worked it out? Ninety-five percent. It's bold. And I'm not saying that I'm bold. the one person. I'm sure, that other people have thought of it too if they've got fucking brains. Well, no, you've but you've made it. You've made it much easier for me to do the show title now. It's going to be. I am, I am we've solved the we've solved the Ducari problem. And, yeah. and with the current list we're seeing for Drakari, I'm very confident that Grey Knights are the, the, the faction I'm most in. The current form or the new form? 
the current the current um well the current new form of Dracari, I, th- I think Grenos beer. I think I've got a couple of players working on another idea for me, but I haven't seen the list yet that they that they that they've produced. And another one of my players has got another idea that he's been working on with some other guys. So I need to see what they've got up their sleeves, but I'm certain about the Grey Knights. I'm pretty certain. Okay. Well, so let's kind of talk about it because the win percentages kind of seem to say what they say. And there are loads, there's loads of pushback. There is nothing but YouTube videos and commentary already on this subject, but let's cover all We need to put Carthage back in, the, uh, back in the box. Pardon me? We need to put Carthage back in the box for all that assault, mate. Yeah, yeah. But like, let's just cover the old ground because all the arguments come the same, don't they? They are. Yeah. Will the meta adapt? Uh, Tom seems Should to think yes, to. and Grey Knights is the answer. No, I don't. I don't think it'll adapt though. Like, let's say that you take Rukari to a tournament, and you know your only bad matchups are a, and not even a bad matchup. Like, it's like a sixty-forty. Your only potential bad matchups are Grey Knights, and then maybe one more. Okay. You're still going to see Rukari everywhere. Yeah. Okay. My eyes will be covered in Jukari. Uh, Nick, how do you feel about uh, the meta needs to adapt argument? Um, I don't really know. Um, I don't feel I'm an expert to really answer that question. Um, uh, I, I, I guess it... I mean, the meta can only really react where it can possibly react currently, and that is... You know, America, they're playing tournaments. Australia, they're playing tournaments. We're not playing tournaments in Amer- in England currently yet, but we will do. Um, but I don't think that in their current state that uh, the meta can react enough to Drakari. Um, and th- my opinion is currently is a little bit informed by the Goonhammer article, so I'm not going to I'm not going to try and pass off these points as my own opinion. So in the article, they're saying some really good points about. Um, they had a really high win percentage straight away. So it wasn't like uh, a book came out, people people took a bit of time to figure out a list and then made it good. It was just good straight a fucking way. And then there's some almost obvious things that uh, just should be, like the, the whole Dark Technomancer things with all the flamers. That just seems, it's got all the benefits with no downside. That is ridiculous. Um and I called out Games Workshop of the week when they did that MetaWatch article they had uh, Nick Navarti and Scarvey on, and they submitted what they think were powerful lists. And therefore, I think Games Workshop were like saying, yeah, look, Dark Technomancy's Law Liquifiers is A-OK. It's brilliant. Although I think that's surely that is something that needs to be addressed. So I think until those kind of things are addressed, I don't think the meta can necessarily react because it just seems too good. You've got a Raider with 10... 10 capacity that's 10 liquefiers in there just flying around you can't kill the liquefier guns until the raider's gone so the raider can just hide behind something fly really fast and shoot so where want, specifically right? you can't give them all liquefiers unfortunately it is oh, one but, per five and the sergeant can take it but yeah you yeah, are right so you, you can, can get you can get you can a get lot four. of liquefiers in a raider yeah you only need four to kill most things mate i'm gonna be honest that's like See? four that's 14 shots yeah. average wounding on two is eight minus two damage two or that minus one, I can't I just remember. want you all to know that I want to go another way with this entire conversation. Yeah? Because 2021, Rob, a lot more positivity, a lot more energy, a lot more, lot more oomph in the room. I want them more broken. They're not good enough is where I'm at. Yeah? Let me talk to, let me talk to you about why. Because the pandering, the uh, obfuscation, uh, the attempts, like it's quite funny People who okay. own shop, like own shops and run events, saying they're not that bad. Like, come to what? our events. You want to I see promise... how 
You want to see how Kay. low people go? Yeah, I want to see like how yeah. how bottom feedery people can yeah. get trying more, to justify. The more broken a book goes, the lower that limbo bar gets. <laughs> <laughs> These people are like, oh god, <laughs> it gets wider and wider. Uh, because I've read a lot of the commentary this week, I've watched a lot of the videos. I've I watched I watched an I read an awful article a moment ago about I can't remember where it was from. It was so you're facing against a seventy percent win rate army. What do you do? <laughs> Die, and the, most likely. And the, <laughs> and the strategy was, the strategy was, well, the it was like, take some big risks because maybe it'll work out. Which Go is... get him. Go get him, Tiger. <laughs> Go get him, Tiger. Go get him. It's so fucking good. Like, and I love stuff like that because, like, because it really just removes any criticism out of the conversation like you can't be critical you can't have a part of the conversation like mm. truthfully like i think it's kind of fun that they're that good and i want more like the other argument that goes on because this is part of the goonhammer article and I, and, and I want to kind of bring it up as well thomas see what you think one of the one of the main conversations is don't worry ad mech will wreck them like <laughs> no, <I won't. laughs> not on like, wtc well, boys, like, shit yeah I'd like everyone to know, by the way, last year we went through this whole process with uh, Age of Sigma. It was like, Seraphon's each were way too good. And everyone was like, don't worry, other new books will get them. And next book, by the way, was Gargant, so lol. Um, yeah. But the, uh, like, I've been through this. Like, Innis's tweet today, I was like, oh my god, that was me a year ago. And I was like, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it does. So, Intrinsically matter. So it does. We need to apply context there, mate. What was, yeah. what was Innis's tweet? Because I was going to bring that up a minute, in a minute anyway. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll let you through it. We'll, we'll come back to it. We'll come back to it. My question mm. is, my question is, is how do you feel about the argument that uh, new books will solve the problem? No. Um, no. Makes more problems. That, because that just means that, that games, well, I don't know if it means that, but uh, it does that mean that Games Workshop are like, this is, their, this is their sales strategy where they just release, it's a power creep strategy where you have, if, if you want to be on the competitive train, you have to buy the new book that's come out. Uh, and where does that leave players like myself, who, you know, some of the newest books in this edition, Necrons and Death Guard, are the ones that I've, I mainly want to play this edition because I've got a massive Necron army that I've had for years and I love. And I've got a new Death Guard army that I love that I've painted up. I want to use them. But am I just like stuck with the short straw that you just happen to get a shit book and everyone else gets the biggest, biggest draws and that's just it? And then you go to a tournament, it's like, oh, well, I'm I've got yeah. an article for you, and it is Nick. Just take some big risky plays, mate. Like, just oh. go get them, son. <laughs> just go get them. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a story forever, mate. It's great. <laughs> so, so it is made a point, and I think this is a tweet that you're referring to, Rob. Yeah. Uh, where he was saying, "Look, uh, in seventh edition, Games Workshop didn't intervene at all. There, there was nothing. Mm-hmm. We had no FAQs. We had no communication with the competitive circuit, and and in a sense, it just for, it forced all the competitive players to adapt. Right." Mm-hmm. And therefore, you were at the London There's GT. There's a pin in that, that but continue yeah. on with your no, point. I'll come back to you. You were at the London GT in 2017. Fuck it. I was also at LVO that year, and it well, all sucked. You were. It yeah. all sucked. Okay. For me, I had a great time because I loved playing Yunari Mirror Matches. I just yeah. loved it. I get to play Yunari. Brilliant. I get to play Camel Stars, and that's it. That's, and I get to play Taudar, and that's it. Perfect. I'm, I'm all sorted. But for the middle tables and lower, it was an awful fucking experience. 
Well, imagine you're just sat there and you're playing against me and I'm like, well, I'm going to push my entire Elder Army up and then I'm going to shoot this unit and then I'm going to kill you and then I'm going to shoot it again and then I'm going to shoot this unit and I'm going to kill you and I'm going to shoot it again. And then when you come back for me, well, you've killed this unit now, so I'm going to shoot you with this unit. It was just permanent command interrupts everywhere. And it wasn't a fun experience for anyone. So, yes, people will adapt and it creates an interesting environment for me personally because I get to play just Terran versus Terran constantly. I don't know. But for everybody else, it's an awful experience. And that's the point where Games Workshop balances anyway. Games Workshop has never balanced their game for the top end of competitive play, and it never will. And you can demonstrate that by the fact that all of their playtesters are YouTubers. <laughs> Some aren't. There are other non-YouTuber playtesters. Nah, but, I mean, not in 40k. Th- well, <laughs> I mean, also some of the nah. some of the nah, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, I'm calling that some of their. No, 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 no. <laughs> anyway, um, so the point is, is well, so my pin in that, by the way, Tom, is that yeah, that course. is what gave ri- rise to the international tournament circuit, uh, as it's so known, um, uh, affectionately sometimes known as the ITC. Uh, some people accidentally the mistake it. Circuit of the international tournament circuit. It's Rob. actually it's actually the international tournament ah, circuit. So when did they change that name, Rob? Uh, several years ago, I was informed. Oh, I actually reached now. out to their creative developer early on an other other uh, issue, uh, and he in he uh, quote his only official press release to me was uh, in quotation marks lol. Uh, so, um, uh, like, that... <laughs> that's a great communications officing there. <laughs> brilliant. Um, but my point is, my point is, is uh, that's how ITC came about because the game was inherently imbalanced. Yeah, and so what they did was they tried to create a vehicle through secondaries to make it so that every army could try to mm. tr- try and play a different way. And I think that's great. That was something that they did. Um, to like, because for their community, also for themselves, because obviously they yeah. wanted to put on events and they wanted people and get yeah, cool games. It's a form of comp. Exactly, hundred percent. Like, uh, uh, cool form of comp. Mm-hmm. And my point is, is what is it that event organizers are trying to produce? I guess in wake of this information, I think we haven't. Fin- we'll come back to that question later. Probably it's kind of just felt natural to ask it now. Probably the result of the end of the conversation. It's just more. Um, we'll continue on with the facts about Drukari super strong. So new books might come out and they might kick the dick out of Drukari. Is it not fair to say if they kick the dick out of the Drukari, they kick the dick out of everything else? Is that not? Yeah, like if, that's sure. But, well, I guess surely... it depends. Like uh, if if a list comes out that destroys Drukari, but then somehow Necrons and Dark Eldar, not Dark Eldar, sorry, Necrons and Death Guard, and then Dark Angels, who are the books before us, like somehow have an answer to that. Um, but that would just, yeah. But it doesn't seem that way because Jukari seems so, so strong that if a book can beat them, then yeah, there should be the the biggest stick there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, I agree with that. And Tom, what you what you feels? Twitch chat also, what your feels on new book, uh, be it whatever, Surely, if they're going to keep Drakari's ass, they'll kick everyone else's ass as well, or is that not like... Depends on how they do it. If they do it by just shooting things off the board, that's perfectly fine. Then, yeah, they'll probably kick most other things' asses. It's like how certain units are, have problems against Death Guard, but they smash everything else, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, namely things that just have lots of damage too. But uh, it depends how they do it, but theoretically, yes, I'm trying to think of a way in my head where they, there's a scenario where they beat Drakari, but they don't beat everything else. I think that it's possible, because I think Grey Knights do that. 
I think Grey Knights beat Vakari because of a couple of very specific conditions that they fulfill. Namely, they have the ability to remove a lot of the mobility of Vakari from lots of different places without exposing themselves. And they also have the ability to tank the Drakari hit. We, so Death Guard can tank the Drakari hit, but they can't shut down the mobility and they end up getting locked in and lose. Um, there are certain factions which can blow up a lot of Drakari vehicles, but they'll, if they take a hit, which they will, because they can't kill it quickly enough, they're going to die immediately when they do get hit eventually, right? So you need both those two things in tandem, and that's why I think Grey Knights beat Drakari, specifically because of the Astral Aim mechanic and because they have access to a minus one damage in shooting stratagem for their Terminators and the units that do that, right? That's why I think Grey Knights beat it, but that doesn't mean that Grey Knights beat every other single faction out there. Okay, interesting. Interesting. So, you, yeah, okay. Uh, all right, so we've discussed that. Nick, what's the next kind of set of questions in there, or are there, are there any other questions? Well, one question is, uh, is this worse than the, the Iron Hand situation? Um, and most people were saying... Yes. Uh, where is it? So, I, I can I can wait on that before, before you even go there, Nick, no if you want. I feel like with the Iron Hands, they were strong because they did one specific thing very, very well. And therefore, it was just something people couldn't stop, right? But the moment that you you took that away, then they had problems, right? I feel like this is more akin to 8th edition Craftworld's problem. And what I mean by that is Craftworld's took repeated punches throughout an entire edition and remained competitive until the very end. Think about where we start with Craftworld. We started out with Dark Reapers everywhere, oh, right? Oh, Tom, I can't ever fucking forget. Nick, yeah, we're still hurt by it. So we started out I'm with still Dark Reapers, head. and I, then we I, I own Eldar up... now, and I would never buy them because I don't know. <laughs> yeah, they're also, also fine cast, so that's understandable. But we started off with Dark Reapers, and at the end of the edition, we ended up with Flyers. And in between there, we had also gone through Shining Spear Spam and Wave Serpents. So okay. over the course of one book in one edition... It adapted to four top-tier builds mm -hmm. because it the did. book was so deep. It had the ability to tank multiple punches, whether that was in the form of Games Workshop changing rules, like increasing the cost on Dark Reapers, or whether it was the cost uh, because people were adapting to them. Okay, you've adapted to this Craft Worlds list. I'm going to take this one. Good luck adapting for, this, for both at the same time. And they both had completely unique identities. Um, now, you did have, towards the end of the edition... The ad, the addition of the um, Phoenix Rising book, the yeah, Psych Awakening, but I don't believe that was in play for the London no. GT in 2019, was it? No. no. So even before then, you'd gone through four builds, and that's what I think the problem is with with the uh, Drakari book. Just from first glance, we haven't seen that happen yet because we just haven't had the amount of time that Crawford's book had. But my suspicion is. That when you see people, I'm sat here saying, Void Raven Bombers single-handedly just beat a, a, a Art of War coaching list by themselves. Mm. And they're not in most people's lists. I'm sat here with a spreadsheet for Team Wales that we've done. It has seven different Dakari builds in it. And we're working out which ones we're going to test first. <laughs> this is a deep-ass book. Yeah, very, yeah. very deep book. And like, yeah, so even if the current... Uh top tier build takes a hit from the yeah. north of that, they're going they're probably likely to be able to pivot. And I think yep. that that's that that is brought up I think in the Goonhammer article where they, they do say, yeah, it's uh, it's a very deep book and a lot of the people in there as uh, opinion is like going back to the Iron Hands thing, 
they're saying it's not as bad as the Iron Hands thing. They just uh, quite a few of them just think it's um, just need some points adjustments potentially to take the edge off off them a little bit. So they have a few less units. They're still probably as fast and hitty, but they just don't have as many bodies. So it's not as relentless. Um, well, so my my question is like. And this is kind of like, because we could talk about it or like, so Tom's specifics into how the book plays and how the army works is great. I'd like to talk about the, I'd like to talk about the, uh, the ecosystem. Uh, at Coin, uh, to answer a quick question for everyone at home, uh, Nick, is there a way for you to describe what happened with the Iron Hands situation? Because some people are not sure what happened with the Iron Hands thing. Well, basically the meta was relatively stable, I think, at the time. Um, we'd just come through, I think it was... Uh, like an Imperial Supness with a Castellan Knight backed up by loads of Imperial Guard being quite good, but then being toned down. Everything felt quite settled. And then Space Marines got a new book. And then it was the first time that Space Marines got supplements to go on top of their new book. So Space Marines all of a sudden had this huge injection uh, injection of power. My analogy for it at the time was uh, you sat in the back of a car and Someone says, oh, I can't hear the music. Can you turn it up? And they turned it up way too loud on Space Marines. So they just like, uh, they turned up the power level of Space Marines massively, particularly Iron Hands, where they had like uh, just a lot of good rules. And they were just dominating uh, tournaments all over the place. And like they had a similar win rate to Drakari had. Higher, in fact. Recently, yeah. Possibly higher, like 70 plus. Uh, and that was that was sustained for quite a long time, wasn't it? And Games Workshop were relatively slow to react. And even after they did react, there was still more stuff that that book could do. Um, so even, I can't, this is like months after, this is probably six months after the Iron Hands release, uh, it still, uh, Iron Hands list still ended up winning the LVO. It was the famous Brohammer list so, with the unkillable uh, Leviathan Dreadnought. There's context on this because yeah. they released a book and then a year later they released a new book. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. with a bunch nerfed. of supplements. Yeah, yeah, but then they added the supplements, which made it worse. Yeah, yeah it's true. Um, yeah, so yeah, th- that that was the kind of situation at the time, uh, and then they did they did do a, like an immediate two week react actually, Nick, because they had very much like we had now. They had a two week stomp, like a a, a pure punch into the uh, ecosystem uh, that is forty k, uh, and then there was a reaction in, in that Games Workshop did like a kind of immediate nerf, and then there was a much longer or later. Uh, kind of nerf that we saw as well, but they still smashed it for a long uh, time. Um, uh, yeah, but yeah, as Shadowson said, there was some, there was, there was several reactions actually done to it, which I think is interesting. And and like when they got mm, controllable, I think there was, I mean, there were still other builds, right? We still had, uh, uh, was it Dark Angel? It wasn't Dark Angels. Uh, what was the um, was Raven, Raven Guard? Raven Guard. Yeah. There was the Raven Guard build. There was also Imperial Fist builds as well yeah, that were it's... that were out there and kicking ass. Yeah. So generally, it was like a marine problem all over. So that's the situation that we're talking about. My question is this, to kind of like, unless there's anything about the actual, like, internal elements of it. Here's my, here's my question for you both. Because actually, as someone putting on events here at the TSN Arena, only small little events, one-day events for 16 people, or we're doing 40k teams. Uh, so like a, a day, so two teams, sorry, four teams of four people can play. They can practice, like, uh, those play experiences. We'll, we'll talk about that more later. Um... Like, I'm very conscious that I want people to have a good time. That's my core focus. My core focus is not selling 350 tickets. My core focus is not paying my uh, mm. rent 
or my staff's rent or anything like that. So the people who do make these decisions, I can understand. But my question is, is why is there not a more proactive response from Tio's? Like, if Drukari, like, because I would like everyone to be really conscious. I think everyone knows and you don't need me to preach to you. You're a very smart bunch of people. 72%, even 65%, 65% is not a balanced game. 60% is also not a balanced game. The problem is when you're seeing 72, you're like, wow, that's wild. Or 74, not in the mirror. You're talking numbers way above the acceptable 55%. Like, that's top end acceptable. You, we all need to kind of like re, re, like, you know, we're abuse victims that have just had a really fucking tough time. Like, we've come through the Castellan build and fucking Dark Reapers and Nine Planes and a bunch of other stuff. And we're like, yeah, 60, 65%. That's kind of like, that's all right, man. Like, I'll take that. Just don't let it get to 75 or 72. It should be at 55. That's where it should be. So my question is to you both, how would you feel about TOs taking a proactive like response about it? Like, talk to me about if you think that's a positive or a negative. Uh, I think I would be, I think Falcon on the adjacent show made a very good point, kind of in relation to this, that there needs to be, there needs to be, a book needs to be played at events in order for us to find out that it is this broken. So we shouldn't necessarily flat out ban them from events before there's an FAQ necessarily. I kind of was uh, pro that uh, before, but I can see the other side of the argument now that I think maybe... Maybe two, maybe the book's released two weeks. If it has a win rate that is over a certain threshold, then maybe you put the ban hammer down until there's an FAQ that nerfs it a little bit. And then you give it another two week grace period after that. And if it's still a problem, maybe you ban hammer it again. Or, uh, and whether Games Workshop either FAQ it at that point or some sort of TO tournament specific to their own desires, FAQ or nerf or whatever. So, I think they need, it needs to be played to find out what's wrong and then hopefully Games Workshop will step in and do something. But if they don't, then I would, would like to see a, a, the TOs band together and say, well, look, this... But I guess, again, it's up to the TO to do something. I don't necessarily think a, a world TO organisation would necessarily work. The WTO? Yeah, the WTO. Because I think... <laughs> Each TO should have the power to decide what they do at their own tournament. Agreed. So it should just be the individual TO, really. Okay. Uh, what are you, Tom? Where are you at? I don't really care. I'll just go okay. to tournaments I like. <laughs> if people want to like step in and mandate that their own tournament like doesn't include VS or they have their own individual nurse, that's fine. We've got so many tournaments kicking off at the minute all over the place that people can pick and choose. So if people want to do that, you know what? You've added some variety. I've got no problem with that. But... I may not go to it, but I mean, I'm sure there are some other people that will, and that's not a problem I have. If people okay, enjoy so, the game so, then, so then let me follow this up, because I think that that's interesting, right? Like, you with your purchasing power, you decide, okay? Yeah. That's what you do, right, as consumers. Uh, but we're talking only about tournament gamers and competitive gaming right now, yeah? Whether yeah. or not, like, whatever the situation, this is the only thing we're talking about. There's a huge conversation about 
books just being stronger than other books because like Jimmy and Tim down the road have no idea why Jimmy keeps kicking the fuck out of Tim. Like he's like, oh my god, man, like, this is so good. Like he has no idea, right? Like he's just yeah. not. He must be a fucking professional player, man. Really good. <laughs> yeah. you know, he plays Vicari, but I can't work out where he's winning. I guess he's just so fucking skilled. This <laughs> is just big, big brains. Uh, yeah, my, yeah. my question is, um, like, how can the conversation of skill be a valid one in such an environment, right? Because that's key. Yeah, to this. How can how can the whole ecosystem not laugh at itself? How can it not be like when we went to Wales, we started our two day of coverage off. Well, this event is going to be won by Iron Hands, but the question is who wins with Iron Hands? Yeah, so, <laughs> well, I think it was Space Marines. Hey, we did have Crimson Fist. Space yeah. 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 Oh yeah. 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 Right. So that was the conversation we were having. We we're like, it's going to be Marines, but who wins with Marines? Yeah. yeah. And so I, mean, my, well, I can. My... Oh, you go from sorry. My question is, is with all of the talking heads, of which we are some, true, yeah, true, with true. All, with, <laughs> Tom, Tom's, Tom's still mad about that, of all of the I talking heads available, how can you genuinely, because someone in the chat earlier said, if you ban them, they'll just release something else that's broken. How can you genuinely consider it a game where you put that much emphasis on analysis or even meta reaction? How can you be coached in a world where you can just smooth brain some raiders forward. Like how, right, is the ecosystem existing in such an anarchically unfair environment? Is my point. How can everyone not, like us, be nihilistic jokers? Is my point. How could like anyone approach it not in anything other than in a hilarious like like it's fun. Like it's fun. Like uh, like, yeah, if I were, I like if I was a 40k tournament tomorrow, yeah, I'd be like, you know what, mm-hmm. fuck it, I might take my ball grins, yeah, I might run them around. I come up against Shukari, and I literally don't play. I just True. won't play. They'll yeah. just burn my it's, army it's, off the It's table. like you, you play that game, and you think, right, well, I'm going to go and sit down and work out how I could have played that game better to win. It's just like, okay, well, I could have done nothing. You know what I mean? It's basically yeah. the same thing, right? Yeah, exactly, right? So mm-hmm. why am I there? Why am I buying a ticket? And then why, when someone wins the event, is someone doing a show about the guy winning the event? Like, who gives a fuck? So this, this is why I really like the WTC format. Because even if Me? I know I'm going to get fucking rolled, I can still play for something. Yes. And also, okay. you can only have one example of the broken thing. Like, Oh, yeah, yeah. If you're going for the team, yeah. Not every, not not every event can be that, so. games. Every, every event can be a team. Every event can be a team event, Nick. Oh, it can it be, yeah, but I don't think it should be because I think I still think single events are loads of fun. I think yeah. that they're not loads e- of fun. Not I'm every not saying... event should pivot to be a team event. True. I'm not saying that. that I, well, I'm not saying. Oh, I don't know. Like, do you, what? Do you, what are you aiming for? Like, okay. do you want to get just face rolled by Drew Carter or Iron Hands? I mean, you took Iron Hands to be fair when you went to the GT <laughs> for the team event. So... <laughs> <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> three of us took Iron Hands. <laughs> Yeah. Um, <laughs> exploited successfully. Three out of four. Um, but yeah, like even if you're doing it in singles events, I think you just implement the WTC scoring system because what it enables you to do is get value, even if you're going to get fucking rolled, and that becomes the I, game, right? I Can do. I, I do agree that out? if we're in an environment where there is a, a, a book or a couple of books that are just my head and shoulders above everyone else, it does make it a bit of a mockery of it being a competitive event. Mm-hmm. I still think you know events are more than just people competitive but if we're just focusing on it if we're assuming it is purely just a competitive event because people go to events for multiple different reasons 
But if it's just that, yes, it does make it a bit silly. And if it was, you know, um, a, if it were, I don't want to say proper sport, but if it was, like if if you're, I mean, that's sometimes why people get a little bit bored of like football or Premier League in, in some ways, because there's just like the big clubs that win everything. And there's uh, sometimes there's like a lack of competition. So because it, would they have the be, money. it would be boring if there if it was just a couple, just the, the newest books or a couple of books that just won all the time. So it is better for the game as a whole if there isn't this ridiculous situation. But I still I still do think it is fun for me. Like I, If I'm going to a competitive event as a competitive player, I still think, find it very enjoyable to take a list and take on that list and see, challenge myself, can I beat it? Even if it's impossible, I give it my best shot. I still find that process very fun. Yeah, an Even though I know, oh, they've got a 75% <laughs> win rate and I've, and very few uh, of this matchup goes my way, I still find that very fun and, and enjoyable. Yeah, okay. No, yes. super fair. That's why I asked the question. That's why I asked the question. Tom, where are you at with this? Oh, it's fine. I, I, I don't know, mate. I just made a WTC point and I was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where we've gone. <laughs> like, I have no idea what's up. <laughs> Uh, Story says oh my god I'm sorry is that F1 again so it's too interesting yes that's always the analogy I think Um, Story says and lovely seeing him in the chat uh, but what do I know I just buy the cool models I want to paint and not care if I ever play a tournament which I think is a lot of people's point right Uh, Falcon talked about with talked with me about this on Tuesday and one of his points was when you have a play players of equal skill like the Jukari still have an advantage versus the other player with equal skill. That's kind of the conversation. Like mm. their their army is better than the other guy's army, but their skill is of the same level. Where it becomes disproportionate is in the the um, uh, general population is a way of describing it. I'll try and say nothing that wasn't like lower or bottom, and I don't mean that. The general population in the the then player uh, army army choice actually. Uh, if you talk to Falcon, army choice actually ticks up. Uh, the win rate for your you as an average player, um, and you generally do better, which is kind of fascinating, right? Like the like it, it still affects the top end, of course, but it's not quite as disproportionate. Where it's significantly disproportionate in the the middle bracket, uh, if you will. Um, yeah. uh, so I, I, I the whole thing is in the competitive middle. Yeah, the competitive yeah. middle. That's the one. <laughs> the whole thing is fascinating, and mainly because um, uh, I get to quote Battlestar Galactica. Uh, which is my favourite TV show of all time, in that all this has happened before and all this will happen again. That's uh, the later seasons. <laughs> 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 right. And so I, I'm just fascinated how you can talk about... I'm fascinated about going and doing coverage of tournaments, right? When, like, let's say by the time we're doing... Because we're doing 40k coverage at the LGT. So let's say we're doing... Although I'll be doing AOS and you guys will be doing 40k, so it won't be my problem to, to kind of unpick... But when you are facing off against two armies that, like, you know, player A should just be player A because this army is 72, 68% win rate, you know, it's interesting, like you said, Nick, when it doesn't win. It's quite nice as a commentator to set up that expectation. You could just be like, these guys should win. So when they lose, it's like, you know, you're rooting for the underdog, you're Rocky and Rocky won. Um, although I was never rooting for Rocky, I was always rooting for Apollo Greed and Dolph Lundgren. Like, I was always rooting for the other guy, I'd just like to point out. Um, but Rocky won it. Because I don't think... He didn't seem like the underdog, is my point. Because he got all of the screen time. He seemed like the main 
Dog. Mm. No, oh no, I've not seen no it. Rocky. No Rocky fans here. No, nah. that's fine. Just me. You've never seen Rocky, Nick. No. Nah. Any of the nah. Rockies? No. I've seen Have the Creeds. Seen... Seen... <laughs> I, think... I think boxing's barbaric. Do you? Why? Yeah. Two large sweaty men get into a ring and punch each other and give each other a. Uh, Early onset dementia. No, thank you. <laughs> I mean, Nick, I should just sold it to me now. I'm going to get one box. <laughs> you, you leave all of the Iron Hands players alone, right? <laughs> They're doing their best. Uh, <laughs> um, I've lost my point now because I don't know. <laughs> Nick, I should just derailed the train immediately. <laughs> oh, my point was, my point was, is you could set up some good commentary, but ultimately it makes like the the whole environment around it like a little less. Uh, interesting, especially because of the production matter. Production matter is a fascinating part when you talk about all of this. Is because if you've got a Drukhari army now and there's a tournament in your local area, COVID, like, like to the side for a moment, yeah, you could pick it up and go kick the fuck out of someone if you've got like that combination of models. But maybe in three months' time, when like a new book comes out and that somehow smashes it and that's fine, or nerfs come in and it isn't as good, or points change and everything moves around, or whatever the situation... Or missions fluctuate, which I think is one of the big components for Drakari right now, by the way. Or missions fluctuate. There you go. There's another really good example. Whatever the situation, like it's fine. So if you're on the tippy-top now, you're like, I really want to do well. You go buy your Drakari army. But there probably isn't time for you to build it, paint it, put it together, well, build it, put it together, like paint it, put it on the tabletop. And it be applicable because you kind of really need it to build ahead of time, right? You need to build into Admech now and just be like, let's go. Let's hope. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Let's roll some dice. Yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of confidence in the Jaka- um, uh, Admech stonks right now, isn't there? A lot of confidence in that market. A lot of people are buying those stonks. Yeah, buy breacher stonks, by the Hope way. A big payday. Yep. Yes. I think I think chicken stonks are the one, uh, the dragoons, not dragoons, the the other version of dragoons, uh, the Iron Strider Balastari, uh, to be specific with the naming convention. All right, well, I don't think it's, uh, do you think that's we're good? We covered the Drukari conversation effectively. Has anyone got any questions or any points they'd like to make in the chat? Uh, like, I think it was a good one. Like, it's yeah, it was good. good. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a uh, it's a fun a fun conversation. Well, what well, what do you think? What do you guys think will happen in terms of uh, what's your speculation in terms of the nerf that will happen from Games Workshop? I mean, they could. They, I think, like Tom said, they've got a very wide book. I think that's the point. Like raiders need to go up. Seems to be the general consensus, and something may be done about dark technomancers because it's all positive, no negative, mm-hmm. um, uh, and that doesn't seem to make any sense. But, um, like, like, someone said in the chat earlier. I don't know how this doesn't come up in playtesting. Like, ignoring Tom's comment that it's only YouTube. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The, uh, camera. Yeah. I don't know if it. Um, uh, like, I don't know if it's just not like very obvious upon release. Like, because like when it happens in Age of Sigmar, like I can't do quite the same with 40k as I do with Age of Sigmar, but you can just call it. I'll be like, this is, bu- this is dumb, this is broke. And people are like, nah, and then it like, goes on the tabletop and they're like, okay, like th- that supports, that's, that's good. Mm. And there are, I'm sure there are people who can call that like an, uh, upon first read here. So I just don't understand how that's not something that's applied. And, I still, and I'll never, and next time this problem comes up, it'll be the same conversation had by me. I don't understand how it happens. So it just must be by intent. Like all by just well, yeah. I mean, whatever. maybe maybe some playtesters did bring up the fact that you know the dark tech monsters liquid fire stuff is a bit over the top. But then 
you know, is it a is it a dark, sinister plan by Games Workshop? Maybe the CEO saw the saw that and then redacted it from the uh, email that went to the plate to the rules writing team and see, buried thing, that, buried see, it so they could sell more liquefiers. Well, see, the thing that blows my mind, and it's Sugar who says in the chat, and Sugar has put some really great stuff in the chat, as of many of you. So thank you very much. Uh, I especially like Tom B's Tau to the Moon because based on how shit Tau are, oh mate, Tau to the like, we need to stop telling Games Workshop how shit tower because if they overbuff that faction, we are going to have a shit time. <laughs> Games Workshop are trying to. Do we think that Games Workshop are trying to short the tower market right now? Uh, yeah, yeah, right. Do and you then we should when, just uh, all just start buying tower. Do you remember yeah. when Space Marines is a faction? Yeah, all the town. Yeah, yeah, play Space Marines. Yeah, it's easy. And then they buffed the fuck out of Space Marines, and it was like turning the music up way too loud in the back of the car. Mm. Well, if we start treating Tower as a joke, they're going to get overbuffed. And when Tower overbuffed, the game is not fun. Okay, yeah, as mean, someone who's been it's... through various Talmers, you don't you don't want that, boys. You don't yeah, that. you don't want a purely <laughs> shooting army to be buffed yeah, to be yeah. able to deal with everything. Nope. No, no. <laughs> uh, I agree. Uh, I would say uh, one of the things Sugar makes the point in the chat, which I'd like to push back on, is I never understand the concept that strong models sell. Yeah. Let me explain why. Because if you strong sell... Strong models in terms of, like, strong rules-wise. Strong, strong yeah. rules-wise. Yeah. Strong models, rules-wise, sell. Okay. That inherently means that the weak rules models do not sell. And I can't imagine there being an intentional business practice where they're like, listen, lads, which one of these do we want to sell the most of? Like, because you want to sell them all, Right. You'd... Yeah, I, I, I get. I think, I guess, if I don't think they necessarily do that intentionally on a big scale, but I can imagine them trying to make everything good, but then going, okay, well, let's let this one little thing that's a bit over the top go because we know that's going to push some sales of this army that hasn't been selling that well. Mm. I could imagine that being something they might do. Okay, all right. Tell but what I you think thinking. it, but I also think in a miniatures hobby. Um, people because uh, I think most of the people who buy miniatures aren't competitive players so I think it would make sense that that wasn't their policy because um, people buy miniatures for very loads of different reasons like mm. I, I count myself as a competitive player but I'm not a meta chaser I much prefer to play armies that I think look fucking cool and I uh, would enjoy pushing around on the tabletop yeah but, just getting oh that's that's broken i'm gonna jump on that bandwagon i'm like death guard coming out i love those models i want to paint that army i want to play with that army and hopefully it's good and i'll try to play my best so and there's various different philosophies for people who mm. for their purchasing yeah practices. uh i i don't know if they intentionally do that i just think they probably don't really understand the game well enough do you remember yes. when they went to that team tournament and got fucking rolled by everybody? They <laughs> didn't even have the right yeah. weapons on their fucking tyranny. But like, how is that? How is that not like you think, headline news? You think these people intrinsically understand the game to a point where they're going to say, oh, I'm going to include this one bit of broken and everything else is going to be good. Uh, no, you I think, think they're that. capable of differentiating? No, no, I don't think so either. No. So, yeah, so I, I the, last, the last Blood and Glory that I went to, one of the, one of the head rules right, for 40k was last round on the bottom table. <laughs> and I don't know whether, like, is that because was that intentional? Because oh, I don't want to go and just smash everyone. No, because right. you would. No, there's no way you don't. Like, if you were skillful enough, to, yeah. If you were skillful <laughs> enough to orchestrate, like, 
to like play yourself under your skill cap you would at least orchestrate like a 4-1 you'd be like i'm gonna just hang out here uh kirio thanks for resubscribing loads of love thanks for hanging out um ultimately like so a lot of people in the chat are talking about the competitive market is only a small percentage of the market that's a kind of general that's a general consensus at the minute and i think i probably agree with that um but that like uh, i don't want to hop it's a niche for niche man like but we've talked people that oh go on I was, I was just going to say, the number of people that actually purchase the models to play the game, it's I think up. it's lower than the number of people. No, no, no. I no. thought it was lower than the people, because I, I had this conversation in 2016 with a store manager, and he'd counted, and he said, like, nine out of the ten people that came into the store to buy models didn't play the game. Well, like, ignoring... That, could, that. that is anecdotal, I 100% get that. Yeah, but and my anecdotal was, was only being... That I got from that. And my anecdote was only being in a marketing meeting where, like, yeah, Mall wasn't are, selling overly well then we released the general's handbook and then it sold very well. Okay, there it is. Like, that. But yeah. like, but that's, again, that's only a singular instance. And I think that there is a great conversation about there being a wider market. I don't want to get, like, I'm trying really hard. My my new goal, by the way, in life is to talk less about Games Workshop's business practices and more about the game. So like, no, it is. It's, it it's is. hard to when they're, it's hard to when we're doing things like the case. Well, so, but know. like, no, my point is, is I, I, I kind of want to sidestep it by only talking about the environment. That's what I really want to talk about. And, like, and what can what can customers do? Because Nick, that's kind of my, like what my follow up question that I wanted to talk about is because some people in the chat are talking about well, it's only like the meta chasing people or the people who buy armies to perform well. But like, I, I think a lot of people buy models with the intention of trying to game, not saying that they even go to tournaments, but they're like, I'm going to buy these models and play a game. They're not mm-hmm. saying a tournament; they're saying I just want to play a game. Like, I think that's a huge market. Whether or not they ever fulfil that intent. That's the great yeah. question. But, like, there's a fucking lot of people who do, which I think is interesting. Look at uh, Zach from the LGT. He's put a, 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 an event on Leicester, 350 people. It sold out in an hour and a half. Like, it was mm. just sold. Like, that's crazy. Just like, poof. Um, so I think there's a lot of people playing. And I think there are more people who are going to play. I think that's a kind of conversation. So I guess what I wanted to ask you both is if you, for you two, as both experienced tournament players in the 40k environment over the past few years, give me and the audience some advice. Give me some advice about what I do, right? What do I do to buy Games Workshop Minis, which I want to do because I like how they look, but Mm. also with an eye to play games. um, And I guess there's probably two answers, one with my mates and one at tournaments. I think that there's probably two different results there. Like, Talk to me about like, is it just rule of cool? Buy what the fuck you like, because I feel that that doesn't work for. I can go first. Yeah, go on. Buy buy one faction, play it for three years. Three through three years. Doesn't matter if it's good times or bad times. Just play it through for three years. That way, you get to understand the falls and troughs. You get to paint some cool looking minis. You get to understand whatever other faction does from the outside perspective, right? Because if you're just starting to get into it, you're probably not going, and you you want to be economical with your purchases. You don't want to be chasing things around, right? Because if I say, oh, I like how this army plays and I buy a, buy a uh, an army for it, right? And I paint it up. In a year or so's time, there's a very good chance this codex is getting updated anyway. Like we have this with Space Marines. Or at least it's getting a, an expansion, right? We've already had expansions for Drakari literally the weekend of what came out. So buy one faction, stick with it, enjoy playing with it. And also it gives you something to play with when you're playing uh, your your friendly games as well, right? Because now you get to like pick and choose the different units. You start to understand how to construct an army based upon what you have and what your win conditions are. If you try and buy multiple armies at the same time, you're only ever going to have like that 2,000 point list. 
And when that 2,000 points changes, as it does every year, because we get chapter approved, you're not going to have a list anymore. So your army entirely is going to be redundant. So you want to build out a collection that can all be used interchangeably with itself. All right. Uh, Nick, what about you? Well, Tom stole basically a lot of the points <laughs> I wanted to say. Like, uh, pick, pick a faction that you like uh, based on what a me- whatever metrics you like, either whether that be you want you like to look at it for building and painting or the law or how it plays currently. And like, kind of like, I know it is hard it's not the easiest thing to do, but like decide early. And like, if, if you're, if you can only afford to invest in one army, invest in a collection, like Tom said, rather than a specific list, because if you're investing in a, in a collection, you can pivot for your casual games to take a more friendly list with your mates. You can pivot towards a more competitive list, depending on what the current codex is or what the FAQ mission set is, etc. And the more that you play with that army, the more skilled you're going to get, uh, with it at any point whether that be in casual games or competitive games if you're if you're thinking oh, i need to meta jason but like if you're picking up a list for a couple of weeks like you it might it might be a broken dark elder list but uh you may just perform better with an army that you know better because yeah. you've built up that skill and that muscle memory and those because if you're playing a new army for the first time there's so much to remember in the game your brain resources are your your brain cpu is working overtime whereas if you've got an army that you know really well your brain almost automatically does a lot of those things and you can free up more space to focus on what's more important in the game at the time or creative plays or more risky plays if you're playing against yeah you two both say this a lot about uh being familiar with your army when you go to an event because if you go into a tournament you have an obligation to know your own rules yeah. It shouldn't be on your opponent to tell you what to do, right? And an obligation and think, to play within the time limit. And if you're playing one faction exclusively, that really helps you. Now, if you if you hate that faction or you've played that into the ground, I played Space Wars for three years. I've ended the same thing with Orcs. If you want to swap faction, that's fine, but commit to it. Okay, Don't so my, my, only, my only pushback, my only pushback yeah, so for the, more for the audience, because I agree with you both. But more, more is the counterpoint, so you can, I can hear the the reverse argument. Oh, what if I'm in a what if I'm in a situation like uh, the terrible, terrible Tau by Stonks now uh, situation are in, um, like where they're not very good, or GC Lacolts uh, as well, an I, example. I guess at that point, it's like it depends on the person. You know, do you have the purchasing power to have two collections, or a big collection and then a small side collection? Um, because you know variety is the spice of life, and sometimes but, it's but not, you can't play is, the same stuff all the time. So sometimes think, it is nice to have an off army. Yeah, I think that's a really fair point. I think that's a really fair point. Unless both, what if you're like I like Tau and GC Colts? Like because there's zero way to be a like you know I know I'm with you. Like you, like it's a catch twenty two. That's where I feel that the people who are more on like, okay, like Admech are coming up. So if you start buying Admech now, and someone in the chat earlier made a great point. I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been, I can't remember who it was. Someone, someone made a really, really good point. I think it was Yes Me Balls. Said, if competitive players did not represent much of the sales, this is a fucking 11 out of 10 point I'd like to point out. Yeah. Then why are the broken units always sold out? I mean, all the units are sold out. Um, no, like that's not true. That's not true. Yes, they've had Let production issues. The website. Um... No, yes, production issues are an issue. But yeah, he's right. Like the broken stuff is almost always sold out. Like well, straight is that just, away. Is that just like a stock? Like they just hold enough yeah, stock. Yeah, because it's going straight for it. So as, well. as soon as it's broken, they sell that, and then 
they because in normal times if that like there's a steady drip selling of that product and they constantly slowly top it up to have the certain amount but if something a credit comes out is broken that stock goes straight away okay so it's and, more so do you guys think it's like scott b saying um so when you consider the long term and i think we're all long-term hobbyists right we're going to be playing in our old retirement home where we're all hanging out together yeah when you consider the long term, no army is good or bad forever. So may as well go for what right. you like and then hold that shit to the moon. So this, this is the thing, right? You could say, oh, the, the tarot genius dealer cult point, right? Everything is going to go through uh, peaks and troughs. Everything. Okay. As I say, I, rem I can remember and point to a bunch of instances in the last five years where tower considered giga broken, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, here's an example from literally the last eight months. Eight months ago, when Necrons dropped, they were considered really strong. It's true. We peaked. You peaked. Now you're in the bin. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah. a yeah. I'm a perfect example. Of it. So I I had uh, I built uh, a Necron army uh, just before eighth dropped, uh, and they were in a trough. Then then they got a codex still in the trough, and like Tom said, ninth edition codex, a small peak during a pandemic. And then we're straight down into a trough again. Then again, yeah. Like and, so, and you, it's that kind of learning, learning that right. You never, if you buy an army because it's overpowered, expect to be disappointed very quickly in buying a new army. <laughs> Just want to read that carpet steals comment in the chat. It says, "I trust the friend who got me into the hobby last year. His dark angels beat my stormcast every time, but he says it's just the reps I need." <laughs> it's a very funny comment. The more you read it. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I, I think I fundamentally agree with both of you however it's a little daunting to collect your army my Borgrins would be an example or my it's, it's a very serious choice isn't it yeah well like, it yeah. is a serious choice because it's like because it's going through the ringer you feel like if, you know if I took up darts of all fucking things I don't know if you guys know darts but darts is a sport apparently like yeah. you take up darts Basically, it's just me lobbing a fucking dart at a board, right? Like, my dart isn't any better than your... Like, if Nick's got, like, a laser-pointed dart, Open I'd be dart. like... Guided. Laser-guided. Laser-guided, yeah, with a little rocket booster. I'd just be like, what the fuck, man? Like, I want to play darts. And you're like, you just turn up with your fucking big dick dart. Like, it's... Do you see what I mean? Like, I could definitely feel the consumer who feels hard done by. Like a really Here's a good that. example. Snooker. Yeah. Like someone turns up with like a really nice queue, fucking expensive and shit, and I turn up with a stick I found in the woods. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because you like how the stick looked, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I'm a fucking yeah. big fan right. of that stick, yeah. Yeah, thank you, uh, by the way, all of you. Because I love my ball grins. You can never have too many ball grins. Pokesaurus, you know it. You know it. But I think you've always been kit. playing them for three years now, Rob. You can play a different. I haven't now. been playing them for three years, man. Like, I remember I you to... playing them at, a, at one day at Sanctuary Gaming Center when it was in the old dilapidated church. And I had to play new book Drukari then, and they just fucking swat. They smashed me. It was the worst. But then I got to play two other great games. It was like I literally could do nothing in that game. It was the worst. And it was, um, you still managed to find a way to make it fun. That was actually incredible. I was watching that game. You got you got to have fun with the people you play. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Like no matter what, right? Uh, yeah. But Scar, I think it's That's more like sports teams. You support your team, good or bad. I get that, but people get sad. Like 
no one like, uh, anyway we could talk bring up some really bad stuff about sports and liking sports but whatever um vivi fresh says uh building two demon princes uh chaos list never played 40k but i heard in his interview uh and nikos talk about all spawn army and i'm dead decided it was time to get some extra tentacles ready to go you do need some more spawn spawn are always good yeah spawn are always good spawn uh, is pretty fun to hobby because you can just make whatever the fuck you want and it'll still look better than the games workshop model yeah <laughs> so much better so much better all right um i think that's it i think that's it i don't think there's like there's there's much more news really to go through um uh or unless you want to bring it up nick no there was no there's just something that i thought i i I wanted to give uh, a podcast a shout out that i listened to yesterday i thought it was really good so it was the normal blokes podcast from from stryer I listened to their their podcast on the secondaries data so they did it so I'd I'd recommend anyone check that out Um, so they did a really good show on the secondaries because they got some data from download pairings and Mm -hmm. ITC battles Mm -hmm. and some interesting points from it uh, were that so according to the stats that they had if you get to 70 points in a game uh, that's the swing point for uh, having a over a 50% chance to win the game. So that's sort of like the sweet spot of points to aim for. So like 45 primary, you should always aim to get 45 primary. So then according to that data, as long as you get 25 secondary points, you've got a really good chance of uh, winning the game. So when you're building your list, we've talked about it before, try to design your list to score at least two particular secondaries. So I just thought that was a really interesting show to listen to. And they talked a bit about what, secondaries were statistically good and statistically not good uh, and things like that so it was really good food for thought when i'm thinking about uh lists that i'm going to write in the future like my death card uh list mm. things like that um so yeah so i just want to give that a shout out and say that it's a really good one people should listen to and i also want to give a shout out to this dude behind me oh yeah the lord of, the lord of virulence because i played a game a week last wednesday um and I fucking love this dude. I think he's fucking brilliant. And I don't know why everyone shits on him so much. Because uh, I played a new um, new faction, Mortarion's Chosen. Mm-hmm. So I didn't use the Warlord trait or the Relic, although I think the Relic's pretty good, but not... Is the Warlord trait the ignore rerolls to hit some wounds, right, for that Mortarion's Chosen? No. I think it is. No, that's oh. Mortarion's Anvil. Uh, uh, I can't remember what the Chosen Sons one is, but um, basically what I used it for was their, their strategy in one CP, you can make a Plague Spewer, basically Flamers, damage two. Um, so that, that was pretty familiar. good for my list. That was pretty good for my list because I had three units of Death Shroud, two threes and a four, and then I had two Plague Burst Crawlers, so they've also got Flamers, and then, I use, and then my Lord of Virulence, um, he's also got a Plague Spewer, and he's got... He's got loads of loads of. You can stack a load of stuff on him. So he's got the uh, pathogen, which makes his flamer strength six and reroll random shots. So he's got two d six, rerolling number of hits, strength six, AP one, damage two with a strat, and any sixes to wound are an extra AP. He's got the Lord uh, Arch Contaminator, so he's rerolling all of his wounds in shooting and combat anyway. Um, and yeah, and if you charge him, you can just auto hit with your flamer. I just think I think he's fucking great. Okay, all right, yeah. In Big my shout out there. Yeah. So what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna write some Bulgrin lists after the show. <laughs> On the app, yeah. Just emotionally hurt myself. Obviously, 
on the app because I actually like have the app, pay for it every month, love it, it's oh, the yeah. best. Um, One of you subscribers is paying for Rob's app purchase. <laughs> <laughs> I want you to know that I'm not, so just super clear on uh, where that money's going. <laughs> uh, just to kind of uh, round the show off, uh, I'd like to shout out. Um, uh, I just I'd like to shout out the uh, uh, the Honest Wargamer event. So we've started putting on our own little one day events here at the TSN Arena, which is very cool. Uh, we're very much looking forward to that. We've got uh, we've so- our singles event is already sold out, which is cool. But we do have so it's based in Nottingham. If anyone who's listening, we do have uh, two spots left for two teams to play in the team event uh, on the Sunday, and I think that it's a really fun format. It's four teams of four <coughs> playing over three rounds. Um, if anyone, uh, if there's a bunch of people who want to contact Nick and Tom, have both offered, by the way, uh, who anyone wants to kind of like put a Merc team together or wants to be part yeah. of a Merc team. Yeah. Uh, so if you really want to come to a team event, just get in touch with Alan, me or Tom on Twitter and we'll, yep. we'll, we'll try to put a Merc team together. Yeah. Because, uh, because one of the, um, one of the things I'd like to finish the show off talking about is Tom team culture in 40 K. Now, obviously, having had Neil on the show and being in touch with the WTC guys a lot and having had you on the show for the past three years, we've learned a lot. Nick, I feel like I've learned a lot from Tom about team stuff. You've also been to quite a few team, well, at least a couple of team events, which are quite rare in England, generally, uh, team events. So the fact we're holding one, one a month at least, I think it gives people an opportunity to be in a team and learn what that's like. But Tom, talk to me about like, because uh, you've been kind yeah. of getting into Age of Sigmar and you've also obviously you're obviously a huge like member of the 40k community. Talk to me about like the differences you see based in the UK at least, so, and why you think there's a cultural issue. I, I'm part. I'm looking to be part of an Age of Sigmar club and part. Well, I say Age of Sigmar club, a club with a large Age of Sigmar presence and tangentially 40, 40k club as well. So I'm I'm part of the Dragon Slayers, but I'm also um, do a lot of 40k team tournaments. And when I go to 40k team tournaments, it's normally me and a couple of mates all go to a team tournament together, right? So it's just, it, it's a very much a case of if one of us can't go, we just don't go to the event because it's just me and the mates, right? Yeah. But if I'm going to a, a team event with like Slayers or what have you, it could very much be whoever can go just goes, right? And there's always plenty of people around. It's very much like a club rather than just a small collection of dudes. Now, you do have clubs that are very much geared around 40K, like Northern Warlords, for example, Hulls Angels is another example. But they're not really like identified with the club. They're not members. They're just I go to this club, right? Mm-hmm. Rather than a big, uh, an actual. It, it is still a community, but you do know what I mean. It's it's not very much. A, I am a Northern Wall Order, or I am a Hulls Angel, or something, right? Well, I, I want to ask you a question about this um, hmm. because I wonder. I wonder. This is just a wondering, just off the off listening to you talk for a second. Age of Sigmar. There's quite a lot of clubs, a lot of like team events, a lot of like clubs and teams thing going on. I wonder if that there is like a staunch push for individualism in the 40k community specifically because of things like itc mm-hmm. like i don't know if you like have any thoughts about that i uh, thank you to Warmasters forge uh, for subscribing that's appreciated loads and also thanks to warhammer brian for subscribing Beautiful. big love to you tasty primes very nice yeah thank you so much uh, all of you um uh, yeah, uh, Warhammer Forge was asking about coming and playing at the arena at the weekends. We pretty much intend to have events on every weekend, uh, but you can always contact us. Someone's already booked the entire venue out for a whole weekend uh, at one point, so that is something that's possible if you want. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Tom, sorry. Uh, do you think it's got anything to do with the individualism of ITC, if that makes sense? 
No, because it's always been a case. Even before ITC, even back in the rankings HQ days, Ooh. it was always kind of a thing. Yeah, you won't, neither of you guys will know what that is. <laughs> so, so, Warhammer like, Fantasy Battles rankings used to be on there as well. There you go. Yeah, it did. It did. Uh, we had them back in 40K, back in like 2013. And a guy in my local club once told me that my ego was too big because he was higher ranked than me. Uh, he was higher ranked than me because he'd been to an event with the most broken list I've ever seen at an event and gone one and four with it. <laughs> and therefore he had got some some fucking tokens i was like well all right then <laughs> i guess that makes you more qualified so yeah uh what was that what was the point i was going for but yeah it's never really been a, a thing where it's just been like here's 20 dudes and they're all under one banner and they'll send like a team from their group to go and play in an event right whereas in age of sigma i feel like that's more that thing like we don't have a club that'll go to an event and then whoever finishes bottom out of that group of dudes has to wear a comedy bottom for other weekend which is what the dragon slayers have just that's for a comedy it's a comedy bottom it's, the comedy uh, bottom. it's a bottom slayer um so yeah we don't really have that but i don't know i feel like 40k takes itself a little bit more seriously i think you might be a bit right with the individual stuff and especially when you're talking about oh you have all these podcasts where people are breaking down data but people just quote unquote run at you and kill you lamau whereas age of sigma feels like a much more like sociable hobby which feels weird but, I, because... but, but the thing is is having been involved in both game systems there's mm. phenomenal people in both yeah like, 100%. i don't i yeah. don't think there is anything mm. fundamental about 40k or no. the community of 40k no yeah that pushes that i don't think there's anything about the game i don't think there's anything about lore i don't think there's, i think i think maybe like just thinking out loud the ranking system seems like something that yeah. makes sense in that regard yeah. um but nick have you got any thoughts on any so... of this Oh, sorry, Tom. No, I, I, I don't know whether it's just um, that that single events have just been the norm, and then if someone's like, "Oh, I want to run an event," oh, have I lost you both? No, you've, you've still got me, mate. You're fine. Nick's just oh. gone. You lost me earlier, but that was my fault, so it's okay. I can finish my point if, yeah, if go you on. want. Me. It's fine. So in 40k, we don't really have. I have never seen in a 40k event two people throw down on the floor and call it f- f- street hammer and like take bets with their shitty armies that they made over the course of like a day. Uh, the closest you get is like the urban cherries or everyone just going out for a takeaway and then Tom throwing up in a drain because he ate too much. Right. Yeah. Or everyone just going for a night out. Uh, whereas in age of Sigma, it very much feels like more off the cuff, less, uh, I don't know, less stringent about it. Right. Like I'd normally go to an event I'd then play my games, I'd go to the hotel, I'd chill for a bit, I'd go to sleep, come back the next day, play my games. I wouldn't even think to just, like, when I went to Bobo, it was a really weird experience for me, coming from a 40k background, let's put it that way. In what way? I didn't, well, you know how they have the challenges? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, well then, let's be the cultural change at least in our in our area, like. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, oh, Tom is muted. Sorry, Tom, uh, but you weren't muted. Right. It's because Nick's gone. Your your audio was gone. So. Um, yeah, we get it, chat. We get it, chat. Shut up. You know the challenges. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Tom. Do you want to reiterate your points? Sorry. I can't remember. <laughs> Damn, podcast guys, for the silence. I, we're sorry. I had a list. It was fine. Talking about how um, in 40k, I'd just go to you know an event, I'd play my games, I'd then go off and 
you know, go to a hotel, chill for a bit, maybe get a KFC and come back the next day, play some more games, eat the rest of my KFC because they would be way too much and go home. Whereas uh, if you get a Bobo, I've never seen challenges before. I've never seen people playing games in cosplay before. I've never seen people screaming at each other and just running at each other all the entire game before. The closest I've had is one guy screaming war in the middle of Warhammer World Event Hall. The worst. So, yeah. It's Nathan just, always. Yeah, I mean, it probably isn't. I need to play Nathan. <laughs> might be I, I think I think, uh, I think Warhammer Brian and also Pete Pratt pointed out earlier that we, we kind of got to exercise a bunch of demons um, in the, the death of Warhammer Fantasy Battle and the, the, the rise of Age of Sigmar because there was obviously the destruction uh, of kind of like a, a significant player base who went to play the Ninth Age. And I've not seen a single one of them smile ever. All love to them <laughs> and their journey obviously like nothing but love to them and i, I have they enjoy mini war because i know they go to the, the etc or happen yeah. to ETC. i know they do only yeah. when they win huh? <laughs> when they win it great they're happy. <laughs> um so yeah i would like i like but i said to you just kind of before we sorted out the sound i was like we should be that we should be that change at least culturally yeah like in people having more fun because i think that there is it's very much like and i want to shout out if you guys go and look at me on twitter so obviously just i mean you should be able to find me on twitter at six star skills yes, um shadow sun has just uh, done some cool eldar terrain so like, I, like that was one of the things that we've been talking about here on the show is like why can't we have terrain that's functional and good looking like, why isn't that a thing? Like, like we can push the agenda of gaming like yeah. significantly, and we should because it's fun. Like, and, and like, and that's not going to be that's not going to be a takeaway. I, I think oh, team oh. events at least will be fun. Anyway, you guys can come and form yeah. a team here, uh, and you can reach both either Nick or Tom um, yeah. uh, to play one of those, or just bring it, or just get a team of four together and come play, a t- get a ticket and play yeah. uh, because it's going to be fun. And we're going to hold one of those. I'd like everyone to know at least once a month. Uh, so you can go and find it on our Eventbrite page, which is where we're doing them. So at least once a month, we'll be doing a 40k teams event and a 40k singles event. And I think that that's going to be really important. I really wanted to put that into the schedule, Tom, because I wanted people to practice or learn what it was like doing the card process. And like, because for a lot of people, hey, Nick's back. Hey, Nick. Hey. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I like. Uh, I was just saying that um, that the getting a team together and playing, I think, is a very fun experience. And if there aren't many events in the UK where that's happening, I think being able to go and practice something because pra- you can't just get practice in because practicing a team event is even harder than just yeah. practicing a one-on-one game. I need yeah. my four guys or ladies, guys, my four people, sorry, yeah, and then my opponents, four people, in the same place to do one round of practice. Like mm. I think that that's that's really key. Yeah, and you need you need to be able to go to a venue for that, unless someone just happens to be super rich and has a massive house with four tables. Uh, yeah, uh, someone's asked about dates in July, so I'm just going to let them know uh, on live on the show because uh, if you listen to the podcast or any of those things, you are the most important people. So let me just tell you. So in July, the 40k stuff is based in. Uh, no, that's June. Uh, the July dates are the 24th and the 25th of July. Uh, the mm-hmm. uh, the events uh, so like but there's already one in june um uh, the singles is sold out which is on the 26th of june and on the 27th Correct, yeah. squads what do you think of the name yep. squads i like squads Squ- squad is good yeah yeah squads you I can't change that yeah it's fine perfect squads yeah. squads Oh, squads. squads all right you guys got any shout outs before we head off today yeah i want to give a shout out to nottingham forest fc for relegating derby county this week yes yeah. You, you're going to lose to us intentionally to get them relegated. Go sports ball. Go sports. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Nick? 
guess I'll give a shout out to Ennis Wilson. Oh bloody hell, that was right. That was that was a thing that happened. That was a thing. <laughs> uh, sweet. Um, uh, uh, oh, there's so much uh, maybe able to make it. Uh, well, I'll put the tickets up soon for everyone, um, which will be fun. I'd like to give you two a shout out. You're obviously brilliant human beings, and I appreciate being able to do a show with you every week. So thank you. Uh, which Thank is you really much, fun. Thank you. Uh, well. Anyone who's listening, don't forget we will be live tomorrow. But also, most importantly, we'll be live during all of the reveals next week. Oh, fuck, I didn't even ask you. Do you what do you do? quick f- snapfire? What do you think the reveals are going to be? 